Show trial. Has it moved the needle? The Fury Theory starts right now. The Fury Theory podcast brought to you by EFB Advocacy. Adam Belmar, has this impeachment show trial moved the needle? No. John Eason, has the impeachment show trial moved the needle? It has moved the needle in bringing partisanship even further apart. Luis Alvarado, has it moved the needle? The question is, what needle are we talking about? <laughs> Good answer. Luis, we're a longtime watcher of the Fury Theory podcast. In from Los Angeles, has his own... Luis Alvarado Public Affairs, LLC. LLC, can't forget about that. You worked with uh, John McCain and Meg Whitman on their campaigns. Meg Whitman and many uh, other constitutional races in California, yes. Uh, Luis, we're really happy to have you on the show. And Republican. And you're Republican, of course. Well, McCain and Whitman, right? Well, yes. it's hard to, hard to know these days, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, is Hollywood paying attention to this impeachment show trial? They are. I think uh, mostly the donor class, because that's what you think of when you think of the Hollywood crowd. And who are they going to be able to support? Because they're still asking themselves, uh, they just want to beat Trump. And the question is, who on the left side is going to be able to do that? And the impeachment trial kind of brings the question, you know, you're talking about, is it going to move the needle? Who is movable? I think that's the main question. Because those that already claim the stake of the left or the right, they're going to be unmovable. The question is, who's still left uh, to be able to try to persuade? So, you know, one of the biggest preoccupations that I've had for a long time is the the different demographics in the country and how Republicans can kind of reach in and help get some votes in those different de- demographics. You've been a specialist in Latino outreach for the Republican Party. Uh, how, do, how does the Latino community look at this impeachment? Do they have enough time to pay attention to it? They do, actually. Uh, one of the things that's very important, uh, uh, I'm in Washington, D.C. because I'm talking at a conference, and we're talking about the difference in the demographics. And one of the things that you need to understand about Latinos is that they themselves are evolving. You know, the greater majority, if you look at Latinos in 1971 to, t- to 2019, a much greater almost uh, has doubled the amount of uh, Latinos that now have college degrees that now have attained uh, a middle-class status, that are actually don't see themselves as Latinos first. They may be looking at themselves as suburbanites first or you know business owners first be, before they look at themselves as Latinos. And they're looking at what's going to benefit my family, my business, and regardless of which camp and what they're trying to offer. So they're becoming like typical Republican, or actually American voters of all stripes, right? Yeah. Republican, but, Democrat, whatever. They're evolving. Yeah. They're becoming, they're getting fully integrated in the community, and they're voting like normal voters, except they have their own kind of, you know, things that they want to vote on. Well, that's the thing, right? Because there'll be normal voters on anything that anybody else pays attention to up until the moment they're attacked for the color of their skin or the heritage they come from. And that's where I think my party, the Republican Party, sometimes misses out, or in this case right now with our president, when the rhetoric is so thick that Republican Latinos or moderate or independents that may gravitate toward Latinos' idealism, uh, feel themselves rejected uh, just because of, of the heritage. John Easton, you've, you've, been, you've worked on lots of different campaigns. You're kind of a campaign strategist. You think about the party and has it evolved, and not just to outreach to uh, Hispanic voters, Latino voters, but all, all kinds of different demographics. If you think about impeachment, is this something that's going to move the needle and change how they're going to vote? In terms of the Latino community? Uh, of any, I mean, uh, voters in general. Yeah. Well, I, at this point, it is uh, becoming such a, uh, 
I think it's becoming defined as a partisan exercise, and everybody is, is so entrenched in their in their camps. So when you flip on the TV, you're you're kind of flipping on a channel that might agree with where you already are. And to Luis's point, um, you know, it, it it just be you're looking for something to just amplify your own side, right? And and so I, I just don't think right now, in terms of what we've seen this week, you know, the the Democrats are dug in and they're all in on on going forward and pushing this thing and and using these hearings to push their narrative. And the Republicans are as well. You look at uh, Representative Elise Stefanik. I mean, she's been very effective on that with Jim Jordan. And and I think that the Republican council, uh, uh, you know, Chairman, uh, Ranking Member Nunes' uh, council has been pretty effective as well. They, they ended up tying Gordon Sondland in knots uh, yesterday after, you know, the second session. So and then I think everything just sort of after a morning of, 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 you know, just sort of like turbulence, all of a sudden in the afternoon it sort of died down, and then we were back to the camps again. So. Yeah, I think about this in the terms of a, t- a tennis match. And you have, you know, your big server winning in the morning, and that's, you know, the Democrats because they have 45 minutes to pound away. And then you have the Republicans, it's their time to serve, and then they, they win it. And now we're kind of stuck to your point. We're stuck in the middle. You know, Adam Belmar, thinking about the political ramifications of this, I saw a poll where Donald Trump is now up three or four points in Wisconsin. Uh, so it doesn't seem to be hurting him that badly. Well, to quote Gordon Sondland, I would say they love his ass. Terry, <laughs> <laughs> Wisconsin. Um, yeah, I think that this impeachment is, as you said at the beginning, it is a show trial. This is a made-for-television political theatrical event if if i've learned anything over the last few days that i felt that i didn't know from reading it's really that the president had a much better handle on his foreign policy than i gave him credit <laughs> for and i mean that sincerely because if it's true that the president was running multi-channeled uh and very bifurcated compartmentalized agendas for the outreach with Ukraine, wow, you know, he had it all up here, he knew exactly what he was doing, what he wanted. We're learning a lot about this president here. Does it have to have been an impeachment? I don't think it had to have been impeachment. It's important for oversight. But for people who love this president, wow, they're, they're hearing some things that they're really liking. So, at least going back to California, where you're coming from, I mean, it's been kind of a disaster area for Republicans. Uh, you had, um, we lost so many seats in Orange County uh, mm-hmm. and really kind of helped lead to uh, <coughs> the disaster that was the last election. You know, how does this play into places like Orange County? You know, is there any way that Rep- Republicans could get any of those seats back? I believe that you can, uh, but... Uh there has to be the work that has to be done. You're going to have to have a trifecta. You need to have a good candidate that actually is going to be well-funded and actually has the ability to construct the message that can connect with their, with their electorate. And those are the things you need to win any campaign, but you have to do it well. And I think this impeachment, just to go back to what you guys are saying, is you're right. I, uh, right now it's, it's in the House, so the Dems have more power to control the message. Uh, if it does go to the Senate, then the Republicans will be in that side serving and owning that component of the message. You know, Republicans see what Donald Trump is saying and doing, and they like what they hear, 
And for those that are in the middle or moderates, and they listen to both messages, they're like conflicted because they're so far to the to each side of the wall that you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. But at the end of the day, it is show. See, that is why I said I don't think that the needle has been moving because I, I think that I share Luis's view that if you really are in the middle, you don't know what to believe, and you're just kind of stuck there watching, scratching your head. Well, you're also kind of looking for the crime, you know, that, that was if you're in the middle and yeah, tr- truly could be pushed either way, you don't have a huge dog in the fight ideologically, and you're thinking, well, you know, okay, I mean, oh, I'm open to this. Where is, where is the crime? And I think that's, that's where the Democrats are, are the most challenged on this, is to prove that there was a very serious violation, not improper, not inappropriate, but a serious legal violation. So when you go, go ahead, Luis, but I was going to ask you, as you go about trying to recruit good candidates yeah. in Orange County, you, what kind of profile are you looking for, and how do you get those type of candidates who are not only pro-Trump, to make sure that they don't alienate the Republican base, but can get those moderate voters. And how do you do that in the context? Because right now you're, you're doing recruiting. You're meeting with candidates. Yeah, I'm meeting with one tomorrow. To, uh, hopefully we'll run for Katie Hill's uh, seat. Uh, and now you have all kinds of characters jumping into the race, conservative and many liberal. But with California, you have to understand, when you mean liberal or progressive, we're talking about the wall progressive, as right. progressive as you can get. Right. And if you're in Texas or you're in Wisconsin listening to this show, you don't understand progressive until you go to California. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, you're talking about Orange County. There's some people who want to change the name of the airport because it's John Wayne's airport. Yeah. And they want to take his name out now. Yeah, the Duke. How could you do that? Yeah, how Duke. do you, you know. Um, <laughs> so, and, 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 uh, and uh, but the reality is California is still the sixth economy of the world. It's a country unto itself. I live in Los Angeles County. In Los Angeles County, county, I have 11 million residents. So when I run a campaign that's countywide, I have to talk to three to four million people right. to be effective. So yeah. that's the difference between California, and then you have to have a message that's concise. The only thing that, I think the only thing that's helping us Republicans or conservatives is that the Democrats still haven't figured out for themselves who they want to be. So right after the, 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 the impeachment trial yesterday, you go to the Democratic debate and you figure out these guys still don't have a clue who they want to be and who they're going to put to be their nominee. And depending on who that person's going to be, that's the question who uh, some of the moderates are going to try to decide. Is it Donald Trump crazy or uh, exotic enough for me? Or is, you know, uh, an Elizabeth Warren, uh, president of the United States, who probably wants to break more stuff in the China House than Donald Trump has broken? And that's the question Americans have to ask themselves. So, Johnny, you you spent some time watching the Democratic debate, which is completely overshadowed, I think, by this impeachment drama, which I don't think is necessarily good for the Democrats. To your points, Luis, how do the Democrats get any kind of traction if all we're talking about is an impeachment that everyone knows is going nowhere? But you've you've said some snippets in between (coughs) watching other shows. What what were your thoughts? Yeah, including Magnum Force. I was telling uh, my my (laughs) colleagues here. But um, I I, I just feel like, again, you know— you know, what are people watching and what are what are what are Americans tuning into politically? And, you know, yet I think that the sliver of people that are truly watching to try to make up their mind is very small. And, and I think that those who are tuning in are actually looking for to your tennis match analogy. They're, they're looking for that ace, you know, that is being served by either side. Yeah. And they can cheer on, you know, whichever side is questioning the, the, the witness. You have that. And, and then last night, you know, to Louise's point about, you know, Democrats not really knowing where they want to go. Well, that was on display for sure last night on stage. I didn't watch everything, but I did watch in the 
15 minutes probably that I watched. I watched Joe Biden in two very awkward <laughs> moments. And that is par for the course for him. And he is, he was anyway, the front runner. He just doesn't look right up there. And as much as I have respected him and liked him in the Senate for many, many years that I was up there, he just doesn't look right on the stage. Adam Belmar talking about uh, the Democrats and talking about impeachment and talking about the ratings. Now, if you you're, let's put your television producer hat on, what do you what are you going to highlight? Are you going to highlight a magnum force, the Democratic debate, or the Democrat show trial? There are uh, moral elements here that the folks in New York City who control American media feel that they have to acknowledge, and so for the big networks, they said, we're going to go and show and demonstrate that this is as important as it can be by airing it live. Special report. I was a network news producer for many years. In fact, I covered 20 years ago the Clinton impeachment from pillar to post. Uh, I have to say, um, it is very early going yet, and Magnum Force and some other shows are going to catch a lot of eyeballs because people are tuning out. When it's roadblock coverage with no differentiation, everyone's got the same angle on the same person that nobody knows, and this is now the second time they've been called. The first time was behind closed doors. It was more of a casting call. What are you going to say? How are you going to say it? Where do we put you in the batting order? Now you're out there. You're giving your actual demonstration but we're going to do this whole thing again in the senate there's going to be a trial i think people get that and so to answer your question john fury this thing not moving the needle not capturing the zeitgeist quite yet and uh, on a day when you want to put democrats 10 of them on a stage i mean there's just a limit to how much how many blowhards americans can listen to in one day so louise putting your uh, political analyst hat on Thinking about the Democratic field, thinking about what's going on with impeachment, the fact that some Democrats might have to sh sit at home, sit in Washington and, and serve as uh, a juror in this trial in the Senate. I mean, who do you think has got the best shot of winning the Democratic nomination? I still think Biden is the best shot that they have uh, because he's still the best candidate to defeat Donald Trump in whatever the, those persuadables are. We you know the, the, the suburban uh, moms and dads, those are the ones that have a college education. I think those are the ones that are still persuadable. And those are the ones that are still looking at what's happening in the Capitol up in the Hill. And the other thing I want to point out, I was trying to make is who else is watching and, and what needle we're looking to move? It's a donor base, right? Because on the progressive side, they're trying to figure out, you know, how much money they're going to put against, uh, you know, uh, their candidates, if, 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 the, if the impeachment doesn't uh, give the result that they want, then it's going to elevate the anger within the, you know, the left side, and then that's going to make them, you know, and then it's a GOTV effort. It's, it's no longer an influence. It's just GOTV. And I think Republicans still have uh, more of an opportunity to do more of the influencing uh, for those moderates, and then that's the problem. I, 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 I talked to a good friend of mine yesterday who was a very intricate part of the Virginia races, uh, and I, I was—he's—I'm uh, under the understanding that Republicans did everything right in those races. They really hit other marks. They had to write candidates. They had to write messages. They had to write. 
They had sufficient bullets for the fight, and truly it was the national atmosphere that really made a difference in uh, Virginia. Uh, Johnny Sin, uh, do you agree with Luis? Do you think that Joe Biden's still the guy, or do you think uh, Elizabeth Warren, or or maybe the judge, or the the, the mayor, Pete Buttigieg? Who do you, who do you think is going to be the, the nominee at the end of the day? <clears throat> well, I, I mean, I think I've said from the get go here in our analysis of the Democratic side, right, um, which I'm really good at. I know, I know, we're we're, <laughs> we're experts here, but uh, but we can't opine, which we do. <laughs> Uh, I've said that Joe Biden is just not, you know, his his time has come and gone. Uh, he's and it's not it's not necessarily an age thing. Like last night, he got tripped up because he was trying to, you know, um, you know, he was bragging on on his African American support, uh, and he got into an awkward moment with the two African American senators on that were on the stage, and then he was talking about um, decriminalizing marijuana, and and he got into it because Senator Cory Booker said he must have been high when he when he came up with that position and it was oh he was almost a butt of a of t- two jokes on that stage and I, I really felt bad badly for him so and you know beyond him you have these sort of younger up and comes I thought I thought Andrew Yang was great I mean just the the little I saw him last night he's still cool and he still is very articulate with his positions and and his um and his and his philosophy of course, he's probably not going to get the nomination, but I do enjoy seeing him. I do not know, honestly. You've got the, that upper tier of Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders. I don't, I, I just don't see him getting it uh, again. But you know, it's it's truly up in there. And I also think that's why a lot of American Democrats aren't tuning in yet either, is because the field's too, still too wide. It's not winnowing down enough yet. As far as we know, not winnowing. Uh, Anna Belmar, do you have any thoughts on this? I do. I would just say. Um that the President of the United States has accomplished almost every goal he set out to achieve with regard to Joe Biden. I feel that Biden is knocked out of this race effectively, whether that was by the asking for an investigation or everything that came from the disclosure of the same. Uh, Biden is a uh, dead man walking politically. The President wins on that score. He moves on to what's next. Who that is, I don't know. I don't care. I just know that you're going to have to wake me up when it gets close to the end, sometime in that fourth quarter, whenever that may be. Well said, Adam. I, st- I would watch out for uh, the mayor, Pete Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. I think he's hot these days. And to your point, he's going to get a lot of money, but he's not that popular in the African-American community. Uh, Luis. Or Latino community. Or the Latino community. Oh, that's good to know. I didn't realize that. Uh, Luis, what are you buying or selling today? I'm selling. Uh, I'm selling. Latino electorate is still up for grabs on many districts. If you want to invest the time, and it's much less expensive than many of the other votes that you're paying for. So if you have a constituency in the Latinos community, if you actually do the work, if you actually bring the right team together, you're actually going to have the opportunity to um, persuade and maybe even get their vote. So. That's what I'm selling today. Uh, that, actually, it, that's what I'm buying. <laughs> I, I guess I, I guess I get it, always get it wrong. We, we, we like to be very, uh, very, very confusing here on the <laughs> uh, But thank you. I think that's a good one. Whatever way you want to do it, I think the, getting the Latino community and engaging them is a good buy, good sell, however whatever way you want to play it. Uh, John Easton, what are you buying or selling today? I have a buy, and this is not because Luis is our guest today, but it is Gerardo Parra of the Washington Nationals who is Venezuelan yeah. and 
He just signed a, a contract with uh, a Japan League, a team in the Japan League, the Giants. But I just want to buy him because I'm not sure the Nationals would have won the World Series without him because chemistry is everything in the playoffs. And that's what Gerardo brought to the, to, to the Washington Nationals. Uh, beyond Baby Shark and all that kind of fun stuff that the crowd had, I mean, he, the, this guy was the glue in the, in the dugout. He was the glue in the clubhouse. Um, everybody would tell you that. Teammates would tell you that. Uh, my hat is off to you. Good luck in Japan, Gerardo. Baby Shark. All right, Adam Belmar, what are you buying or selling today? I am putting out a buy order on an important product called GasX. You know, if you're feeling a little gassy and you're about to go on live television and you're involved in the impeachment hearings, as Representative Eric Swalwell did this week on MSNBC with Chris Matthews hey, on can we, Hardball. Can we get that on videotape, please? Chris, so far, the evidence is uncontradicted that the president used taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. Yeah, I think you just heard it. And for many people, you'll need to hear it again. To ask the Ukrainians to help him cheat an election. Who was the culprit? Let us not cast aspersions about those who are flummoxed by gas. Let's give them gas X. It's a stocking stuffer. It's a political <laughs> utility. I say bye, bye, bye. As they say, farts happen. Um, sorry, I can't help myself there. I am buying the International Fund for Ireland. I just got back from Ireland. They are doing very, very important work, uh, peace building in Northern Ireland. We need to invest in the IFI because it is the one program that actually all sides of communities care about and uh, appreciate. Uh, we have a limited investment in Ireland, um, and I think that's appropriate. But we need to continue to invest in Ireland just to make sure that we don't have um, the back to the battle days of the troubles uh, and we need to move forward. Hey, Luis, uh, I really want to uh, thank you for coming on the Fury Theory Thanks. podcast, brought to you by EFB Advocacy. EFB means excellent, excellent for, business. for business. Yeah, baby. <laughs> All right. There we go. <laughs>